1: And welcome to episode 42 of The First Exchange with me, your host, Lydia Daydahl. Well, we're back in the swing of things, episode 42. God, we're getting closer to episode 100. We're going to have to do something special for the 100 one. But anyway, before we get there, um, I had... An absolutely incredible woman uh, on the podcast today. I have known about her work for the last couple of months. I just, this is my big thing. I think the universe is always, my soul is guiding me towards people who are going to inspire me and and open my mind. Um, But I came across an author called Abby Wynne, um, probably at the start of lockdown when I had a little bit more time to be online. She is the author of many books, some of which titled are Heal Your Inner Wounds, How to Be Well book of healing affirmations and energy healing for everyone um, she does a wealth of different things not only um, is she an author but she's also a shamanic psychotherapist which that in itself was just like I was so interested my ears were, were pricked I was like I need to hear everything this this woman has to say and um, so I decided to reach out to her to ask her if she'd be interested to come on to the podcast to talk about um being a shamanic psychotherapist and working in healing and working with energies and also being an author and I was delighted when she accepted. So before I let you enjoy episode 42 of the first exchange with Abby Wynn. Um, let me just say thank you so much to everyone who has donated to our Patreon. As you know, we have a new Patreon now for the first exchange. It's patreon.com forward slash the first exchange. Um, and this is your way um, to help support the podcast. Um, unfortunately, you know, we, we're in times now where we might need a little bit of help on our Patreon. Um, obviously, we've the studio, we've plans, really big plans to, you know, do things bigger and better. We want to do live events. We want to get bigger names involved. And in order for us to be able to do that, um we really do need your support. So, if you have a couple euro, if you would buy me a coffee or a pint in the pub, uh, please head over to patreon.com forward slash the first exchange, throw a couple euro and uh, help us continue and grow this wonderful podcast. So, without further ado, let me introduce the 42nd episode of the First Exchange podcast with author and shamanic psychotherapist, Abby Wynne. Abby, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. Why? <laughs> because <laughs> you write and your your whole world, I suppose, is everything that I'm interested in. Mm. Um, so I was very excited to, when I reached out to you, I was like, I, I always personally reach out to everyone that I want to come onto the show. And there are always people who... For some reason, they have resonated with me um, and I want to hear more from them. Um, So I came across your profile and I was like, I I wonder would she do it? I'll I'll just reach out and ask her. So when I did and you replied and you said, yes, I was very, very happy. Oh, I'm delighted. Well, I hope I don't appear to be unreachable. No, well. (laughs) So I suppose let's start with shamanic psychotherapist. Oh, you're looking at me like, did I say it right? I, 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 I am about to ask you, did I say it right? Shamanic? psychotherapist. Yes, you
0: said it right, shamanic psychotherapist.
1: So you want to know what that is? Absolutely. I'm always questioning that myself. I will be very (laughs) familiar with the work of Um, shamanic healing. I do, um, or I have done shamanic Reiki in the past. So I have a a little bit of an understanding. But for our listeners maybe that don't know um, too much about it, how would you describe what, what you do? Well, it's really interesting you've done shamanic Reiki because shamanic Reiki, like shamanic psychotherapy,
0: you can't learn it from a book. It's not defined. It's not... You don't go to a class and come out with their certificate and say, I am this. Yeah. So even if you were to say to me, I've done shamanic Reiki, I would want to know well, what exactly have you done? Because mm. shamanism is very, very different for everybody. And that's why I love it. That's why I really love it, because it starts with the premise of knowing yourself. Yeah. So for me to know what's mine and what's not mine, for me to clear my inner wounding, to release my triggers so let's say what if I'm working with somebody and they come in with the exact same wounding that I might have had I need Mm -hmm. to make sure that what I'm seeing is them and 100% them not me Mm -hmm. and I found through my training of psychotherapy that many people were not doing that they didn't think that way in fact many people become psychotherapists Mm -hmm. because they don't want to admit that they need to go and see a psychotherapist And it's very interesting as I went through the years of, you know, being a novice, being a student, getting more experience. I even discovered that some of the people who are teaching psychotherapy went to psychotherapy to tick the box to say that they went and they didn't actually go and do their Mm -hmm. actual inner work. But psychotherapy for me is wonderful process of the mind and the thoughts. And it does link into emotions, but it doesn't link into soul and spirit And that piece is really missing for me because you can talk and talk and talk for years Mm -hmm. about what you need to let go of, of how you need to forgive or you need to move on. But you can't actually do the do part. Yes. And the shamanism is the spirit is connecting to your soul, to your inner wisdom and not just the you that's sitting here, that's been born into this body in this lifetime, but the many, many you's of many, many lifetimes and also through you, your ancestral lineage. Mm -hmm. So I meet many, let's say, women who have inherited grief from their grandmothers and the great-grandmothers and the great-great-grandmothers. Let's just say, for an example, women who don't understand why in this lifetime they're not able to say how they feel. They're not able to reach for what they want. They're not able to stand up and be powerful in their lives. And as we track it back through the shamanism aspect of Mm -hmm. the healing that I would do, it started before they were born. So it's almost as if this wounding as a gift was given to them at their birth and they have to carry it and it makes life harder for them. But what's wonderful about the healing work that I do, once they clear it, once they move through it, they've broken that chain and any descendant that comes through them. And I found also even if they don't have children, but their children in the family, like brothers and sisters and everything, it breaks the chains for them. Mm-hmm. But even more so, when you step back even further, somebody paving the way through that path of, of, of trauma and wounding opens the path for others. So even those who are not related. Mm-hmm also find it easier to heal things when you heal at the spiritual, healing at the the life force essence. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's a magical, magical world. And I just love sitting in stillness and seeing what's around me in nature. That's shamanism, feeling into you know how does the tree feel i mean even driving here today and you know it was on my mind to say this i was at the traffic lights on a crossroads where i always sit at the traffic lights at the crossroads and they had just cut off limbs and branches because the tree is at a crossroads and mm-hmm. so it can't obscure the signage it can't obscure the, the the lights and i felt into that tree and i could feel its pain Mm-hmm. And that's shamanism. Obviously, you're not going to do psychotherapy with a tree. Yeah. So <laughs> to to be able to, and you know, if you've experienced Reiki or anybody who's listening has done energy healing, to know. That healing energy comes through us. It is not us. We don't give a piece of our own life force to mm-hmm. something. But through us as the vehicle or the vessel or the channel, whatever you'd like to say, you can bring in love or healing or sadness or grief. And I looked at the tree across the road, I was sitting in my car thinking, Oh, the you know, that poor tree, I know it's in pain. And I just opened my heart and let this essence flow to it. And just before the lights turned green and it was my time to go, I felt a connection. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I was looking for a thank you or that I'm going to now brag about I healed this tree because that's also part of it. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. So shamanism, then bringing that in with psychotherapy. yeah, I'll, I'll keep going just because it, it matches. And the psychotherapy aspect of what I do is hearing how you're holding your pain, hearing what you're thinking, how your mind is processing what you're feeling and being able to get in there then after the transformation and work with your thoughts to transform those too so that your thoughts are supporting you holding the new energies that you have do you know what i mean you've transformed that you you've changed and just to say you know people working on zoom i work on zoom i have clients all around the world i've been doing zoom way and before the pandemic so <laughs> I've, I've been well used to it A zoom og <laughs> zoom it's very very powerful if you show up with intention to heal you you, you do heal and what I've found is
1: is that it's just as powerful. You have to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. You really, really do. Th- that's something that I find very interesting in terms of that world and the people who are coming to you and people like you to be healed or to look for answers or to explore certain areas of themselves. And does there have to be a willingness? Like, do you, I don't want to say, do you believe, believe in it, but... I'm trying to come, I suppose, from the aspect of people who would say all that stuff is nonsense. That stuff doesn't work. And when we look at that, like, do you have to be somebody that is willing to open your heart, open your mind and open your your. Experiences or your willingness to experience new things. You
0: know, as you're speaking, it
1: reminds me always of the scene in Notting Hill, dreadful movie, <laughs> with
0: Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. Do you know that's my favourite movie? Oh my God! When <laughs> they that. find out that Julia Roberts is staying in Hugh Grant's house, and all the paparazzi are outside the door, and he yes. goes down and he doesn't know, and he opens the door, I think it's to get the milk, and then they're all there taking yeah. the pictures, and it's overwhelming. It's like, oh my God, what you? And you close the door, and it's like, oh geez, I don't want to go out. I don't want yes. to. Do that's what it could feel like when you wake up to realize that there's so many things out there and you just would be close the door and go back to bed it's easier to remain ignorant like, I don't want to do that so yes. I meet everyone where they are and I say yeah. close that door
1: mm-hmm.
0: because when
1: you stand outside there and I think he was half naked yeah. that's how it, you I feel I think it, it, in, in, it was his um loopy Housemates that opened the door for him. I came out after him and done all the embraces. Yeah, yeah, because he was confident in who he was. (laughs)
0: Yes, and you see the difference there is when you're not confident in who you are, you can't go and hold your own. Yeah, in amongst all that, and it's almost like a whole sea of piranhas. So I'm not making people do anything, Mm -hmm. but everybody who's listening to this podcast, whether they believe in God, whether Mm -hmm. they're connected to their soul, whether they 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 experience emotions, Mm -hmm. and I can well put money on. That at one point in time in their lives, everybody's had a dream where they've woken up with an emotion sitting mm-hmm. on their chest, not knowing why, not knowing what to do with it, not even understanding yeah. where it came from. And the type of work can just take you at that level and go, OK, use your imagination mm-hmm. to come into where that emotion is sitting. So sometimes it could be like an elephant sitting on your chest. Mm hmm. And just say, okay, I'm seeing an elephant sitting on my chest and it's heavy and it hurts. And then suddenly you're not in the emotion anymore, you're observing it. Mm-hmm. And what is that? Quantum physics. When you observe something, it changes. So it starts to change. And maybe the elephant's not as big as you thought it was and it starts to shrink. And then it looks at you and you go, would you mind kindly stepping off of my chest? I'd like to be able to breathe today. Mm-hmm. And then you can imagine the elephant steps off your chest. And then you look at it and go, okay, who are you? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Or you can just say, Do you know, what? I'm just going to get on with my day. I'm happy enough now that it's not such a pressure on me. Or you can then interrogate the elephant, or, yeah. you know, and it depends on how much you want to go into it. But to have a way to handle emotional energy mm-hmm. to me is how you organize yourself to have a way to step away from thoughts and handle those is also very empowering. I'll give you another example people who have repetitive thoughts that constantly, constantly, constantly pull them in and they're trying to pull themselves away mm-hmm. to use again their imagination to say, okay, is my brain like a hamster in a hamster wheel? How fast is it going? And then you can visualize, oh my God, that poor hamster is going to be a disaster. So then you can imagine, okay, I give you permission, dear darling hamster of my brain, to slow down. But you have to consciously put power into the image mm-hmm. of seeing the hamster slowing down. And when I do this with clients, they say, oh, he's already off and he's going for a nap. He's curled up with a book and he's going, you know. <laughs> but then the next time they see that their hamster wheel is going, tick, tick, tick. they're not in it. They're not running. They're not the yeah. hamster. They're not consumed by the thoughts. They actually go, oh, yeah, this is this is what this is. And if I just take a step back and I say, OK, slow it down, slow it down, slow it down. hmm. And you can take it at that level. You don't have to go and meet your spirit guides or, or, you know, all of that is part of it as well. But again, you know, it's like back to Notting Hill. You let one person in the door, you close the door and you can have a much more, you know, grounded conversation one at a time than being overwhelmed with everything.
1: That's a very um, interesting point, um, you know, for... Since I started this podcast, I've been very vocal about my own journey and, you know, some of the, we'll say, traumas of my teens and my 20s and getting to 30 and then having this sort of like, uh, like a midlife crisis, but not a crisis. It was like a midlife, you know, awakening, I suppose. Yeah. And I first got myself healthy in terms of like started exercising, started a martial art called jiu-jitsu from that um, was brave enough to take the step to actually go to therapy uh, to talk about the things that maybe were 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 causing And me. I'm just
0: going to commend you on that because it Thank does you. take bravery and like I said earlier many people who are
1: therapists aren't brave to yeah. do their own work <laughs> so well done. Well it was a very strange point where I felt like I had lost everything in terms of connections with people my sense of identity and um, I had a series of bad breakups there was loads of different things that happened and I found myself sitting back and questioning, like, who am I? That I just remember asking, like, who am I? Like, what what am I doing here? And I just had a, um, at the time, I didn't know why I was feeling that, but I had a sense of needing to find out more about myself so these were the steps that I started taking what
0: was the um martial arts you did jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu because I'm really interested that you chose a martial art because I think the Mm. principle behind all of the martial arts is to open up the body and unlock the blockages and get the flow moving yes and
1: that would start a process of spiritual healing whether you liked it or not absolutely (laughs) absolutely and you know I I talk to people about jiu-jitsu and I say jiu-jitsu saved my life and people who don't understand don't understand you have to do jiu-jitsu you have to experience that it it, it freed me it can free it it was literally like after six months of doing it it was like shackles being removed from me and i was starting to create the person who i wanted to be through the help of jiu-jitsu i was starting to um you know i was trying i was starting to see the pathways that i needed to take then with therapy eating better stopping drinking stopping smoking all these things that were going towards clouding my judgment of how to live properly or live healthily and then from that I started to become more interested in things like Reiki or things like um the first thing I actually tried was past life regression wow and I had no idea I had just seen I went to, to um Get a massage. This is why I believe that I'm guided in everything. I, I truly believe that someone, my spirit well, guides I think are guiding me. we all are. It's just a question of do you have your eyes open or not? Exactly. Are you listening? I had gone for a massage and um, there was a mix-up and I was in this healing center. and I was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll come back another day. But I was looking at like what the services that they provide and one of it was past life regression. I've always been fascinated on... Uh, reincarnation uh, I had heard before about the concept that um, we, you know that, that there is essentially all these souls that are just waiting for an opportunity to come to earth to re-experience life or to I learn don't lessons I think really
0: at the moment that's yeah. the
1: case <laughs> <laughs> I think we are all running for dear yeah. life no
0: thanks we'll skip it
1: <laughs> but I had always been very interested in and I saw past life regression and for some reason I just said I'm gonna I want to try this out I booked a session and I can't even begin to describe what I went through in that hour session. It was the most out-of-body experience. Basically wrapped in a blanket and doing breath work with my healer. And I, I can only describe it as I walked from the womb... Like a fetus, the whole mm-hmm. way to about sixteen, I walked through my life, and I was able to see all these different periods in my life that I didn't think, I didn't think were still in my subconscious, but they were there. People that I I grew up with, my be- old bedroom from uh, our old house when we were growing up, like a a, a long st- a stepway that w- I used to have to walk to go to friends' house, like things that I was like, why are that? Why is that crapping up? And when I sh- the the healer brought me out of, we'll say the the trance, for want of a better word, I was soaked. I, I had literally been bawling my eyes out. Mm. And then she sits with you and you have like an hour to talk about what you've experienced and what you've seen. And from then, something clicked and I just said, there's more to me than just this physical body or there's more to life than just this, what, what we're fed to believe in that. You you work a job, you make money, you buy you know things that you don't need, and and you just get onto the rat wheel. They, I I just knew there was something more, and that that was six years ago, and I haven't stopped, you know. And I, <laughs> I I I feel like I'm I'm growing every day, becoming a much better person. Inner work you mentioned on inner work, and that's one of my favorite words because I'm all about the inner work. Yeah. Can you talk to me about inner inner work and talk to our listeners who. Are interested in what you're saying, but don't have, haven't done the work or or don't know what inner work is or even how they should start. I mean, even
0: relating to what you're
1: saying there about
0: carrying memories and images from things when you were younger, that Mm -hmm. is not in the forefront of your mind, but is still in you somewhere that I see human beings as a container. So even anyone listening now Just imagine, what does your container look like? And it's funny, when I get clients, they imagine themselves as bashed up, beaten up barrels that might contain oil, Mm -hmm. you know, that you'd see discarded somewhere in in, in a waste facility. They say, no, so that to me immediately is a representation of your Mm self-worth. So if I say to them, okay, you're a beaten up, bashed up barrel left in the skip somewhere, can you become a crystal decanter? The physical repulsion of the idea of shifting is huge. Now, I'm not one for positivity when it's not reality. I'm very Mm. much about authentic. And I go, okay, seriously, if that's what you feel that you are, let's upgrade it in steps and you grow into it. Mm. And that's basically where I'm coming from. Um, So then the size of your container dictates how much of your personal power you have. So when you're talking about doing Mm jujitsu and I'm seeing you moving and opening your container, what you're doing is expanding and bringing flow in. And you can even imagine, I mean, in my book, How to Be Well, I write constantly about a swimming pool. If you're a swimming pool, the swimming pool is the container of you. Mm -hmm. And somebody dumps in a whole bunch of dye and somebody throws in an old shopping trolley. And these are the representations of the wounding that Mm -hmm. you've had in your life. People in a car crash could have a crashed car in their swimming pool and then you're carrying this around with you everywhere you go so you're talking about the importance of inner work you can imagine a swimming pool we've all seen them that's been sitting there over the season and it's got leaves in it it's got mud and it's got muck in it and if you start to bring in water it starts to flush it out Mm -hmm. And that's this flow of life force energy that starts to flush it out. It starts to flush it out. And as you're moving and you're breathing and you start to feel better, you start to go, "Ooh, I want more of this. And then you change what you're eating. So Mm -hmm. the quality of what you're putting in starts to change. But then you're still left with the crashed car or the shopping trolley or the thing. And so to me, the inner work is feeling brave enough to look inside your container. And no, it doesn't have to be a swimming pool. It could be anything. And go, what am I carrying? And the beauty of <clears throat> working with your imagination, that's the shamanic part as well. I mean, we all have dreams. We all interpret mm-hmm. dreams. That's our soul, our unconscious, our subconscious telling us something. But we can also tell our subconscious mm-hmm. and our unconscious something as well. It doesn't have a language. It uses the language of imagery. So just like I was saying earlier, you're t- seeing it as an elephant. Your body, your, your emotional body is connecting into go Okay, the weight and the size is, is, is connecting into this emotion that's on the chest. So it can move and stiff and start to take a form or a shape as an elephant. Mm-hmm. Just as you can go, okay, what's this crash car doing in my swimming pool? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Maybe yeah. that came from this time when this happened. Maybe, you know, and then yeah. then your brain takes you out of it. Yeah. And it's about coming back into it shamanically and going, OK, how do I take this out? Now, you could imagine as an individual, you can't actually physically get a car out of a swimming pool. You'd need to hire a crane or somebody to help you. This mm. is where you get your healer in to help. So over time, and it's interesting because this all links together, of course, back at the beginning when you're saying about becoming a shamanic psychotherapist. Yeah. For me, I have to clear out all of that trash Mm -hmm. and garbage and wreckage for me I have to upgrade the quality of my container Mm. so that it can hold more light so that I can step away and be silent and just be flow and then a person can come and sit with me and go oh you feel really calm I feel really safe with you Mm -hmm. maybe I can show you what I'm carrying, because you don't seem to be the type that's going to fall apart Mm. if I show you my pain. This is huge for healers because there's plenty of healers out there that are still carrying grief and pain and trauma, and many of their clients are aware are empathic. Empathic Mm. meaning is the difference between feeling in and feeling the tree at the side of the road and feeling its pain or just seeing a tree that's been cut. Mm. You know, when you walk in town and the city streets, feeling everybody's pain or just seeing a bunch of people walking around. Mm. There's a difference. And, And so most people who are awakened like that, who can feel and appreciate other people's pain, will be sitting with their healer going, well, maybe they can't cope with mine. Mm. So in order to be a good healer, as far as I'm concerned, it's not about the modality that you practice. It's about your capacity. It's about how clear you are and the amount of work that you do on yourself so that you can be there and hold that space for
1: somebody else. Does this make sense? Absolutely. And while you're talking, um, I'm instantly thinking of, you know, we're we're in this sort of... Um, generation now where there's sort of like spirituality has become sort of like a a dogmatic sort of religion in some kind of way and there's a lot of especially with the role of social media we're looking at people who you know want to be spiritual who want to um I like you're saying that in quotes in quotes (laughs) they have all the crystals (laughs) and the sage exactly
0: but then they're just looking at the tree and seeing a cut tree Exactly. exactly You see I think something that was a huge damage To the reputation, for want of a better word, of spirituality is the New Age movement. Mm. And I'm more than delighted to see that it's fading away now and we're changing how we see things, that people are more alert and awake to know that you can't sit there and be love and light with everybody. Because that's not how we're made. You can't say, oh, you're a bad person because you're judging something. Mm. No, it's not how we're made. We are made to be discerning. And I had to sit with all of these things. It's a shamanic process called dismemberment where you tear something to bits to find out the true essence of what it is mm-hmm. and go yes that's what it is because the labels clutter and obscure what it actually is we are saying okay you're judgmental what does judgmental mm-hmm. actually mean what I've come to decide because I have to dismember and tear apart things is, it, is that if you're living your life from fear and you're pointing the finger at other people because you're afraid of them that's mm. not good. Whereas if you're saying, OK, should I wear, you know, my seatbelt in the car? Should I go out today even though it's raining? You're, 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 you are you're you making a judgment call. Mm. Is that a person I want to hang around with? You're making a judgment call, but you're making it in an empowered way. Yeah. And when your container has started to, to, to be clear and when that so-called swimming pool is flushing into the waters all fresh and clear, your personal power comes back. Mm. And, you know, continue to work with the image of the container and the fact, and there is a fact that in Ireland in particular, there's so much depression, so much anxiety. Mm. I see it as a spiritual sickness. I see that the anxiety comes from I mean you can be anxious about any little tiny thing and then you see yourself and go why am I worried about this Mm -hmm. it's because your resources are low it's because your energy is drained it's because you are this container that needs healing Mm -hmm. but you're also almost running on empty you don't have the essence or the energy to get up and do things and what's interesting about the pandemic is I'm even seeing it in, in children particularly my children they're going to bed in the afternoon and don't know why because just being alive is exhausting because we're on hyper alert Mm -hmm. and when you're on alert it's like another piece of your 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 life force is consumed Mm -hmm. just being alive you know I had a conversation with my friend there the other day saying you know I really care about this woman but I haven't been able to phone her and I'm feeling very guilty about that you know and the friend says yeah but it's because you don't have the energy to Mm -hmm. so simple things like that are not so simple so I'm an advocate. 100% not only for doing your inner work, but also for having a daily spiritual practice. That's not, I'm lighting the candles and I've got my crystals and everything looks great. No, but it's an actual practice where you sit and you spend time with your container Did I get a kick in it? Did it bash it in? Mm -hmm. You know, and again, you know, no judgmental who did that to me and I have to go and kill them. That's not what you're doing. I say, no, I was here and this is the state that it is and this Mm -hmm. is what it is. And I'm going to sit and heal it and then I'm going to ask for my essence, my energy to come back. And I found that these simple repetitive practices, it's almost as if you gain a trust with yourself. Because you show up every day. You always see the deer in the woods comes out and eventually feeds from your hand. Mm -hmm. So I've recorded meditations and I invite anybody who's here to go on SoundCloud and look me up. Meditations to help you sit with yourself. Meditations to help you start breathing your life force energy back into your container. Mm. Power retrieval, personal power. Again, new age. Oh, we're not supposed to be powerful beings. We are. Yeah. And I'm finding, again, with the pandemic, it's 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 not that it's been designed to disempower, but it is disempowering. Can I go out? Can I go here? I mean, I even said to you before we started recording, I took the bus. I'm so brave. Yeah. <laughs> because your idea of mm. what something is starts to drain your energy yeah. already. And then you're running on less energy. It's mm-hmm. like, no. And then so to go that step further that some people might not want to do, but I like doing it is to say, okay, dear God, please give me the strength to do the things I need to do today you could say dear God please give me the patience and tolerance to sit with myself and look at my Mm
1: -hmm. container
0: and all the trash that's there so I can see where to go and if you start asking those questions and asking for help from the universe which again is a new age thing we're in this universe, there's many universes (laughs) (laughs) ask great spirit, great spirit is what the Native American Indians would call God it's all great creators say please give me you know, give me me. patience give me strength I'm feeling energy moving already I call myself back into myself
1: mm-hmm. when you mentioned about um having that um you know with, with like your life force and preserving energy and asking for the strength when you reference God's we all have a different interpretation of God or some people have, maybe there's they, they have the belief that there is no God or that. Yeah, they have to do the dismemberment process, <laughs> which is what I do. And you do it with God and you do it with love as well.
0: Right. So can you talk to us about that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Because when someone says, I love you, what does that mean to you? People Mm. go, oh, my God, I'm suddenly obligated to do everything that they want. And they're going to control me and they're going to need to know where I am every minute. And, you know, and then I have to prove myself to them. Whereas if you take the essence behind the word, Mm. it's a different thing altogether. And then we realize we have 15,000 million different types of love. Yes. And one word just does not encapsulate. So I say unconditional love, which is just pureness. Mm. And to me, that's what God is it's just pureness. There's no structure, there's no rules, there are spiritual laws. And they are unquestionable, you know, consequences, you know, it's like the laws of gravity only on the spiritual sense. And Mm -hmm. this isn't the discussion that we're having today, but there are spiritual laws, but then the rules you can break, you know. (laughs) So to me, God is not of a religion. God is not an angry daddy who's going to punish you when he gets home. Mm -hmm. And that's all the type of things you have to strip away from your idea of God. I mean, we're sitting here, i posted up on my Instagram stories. I was delighted to see you put me on your stories, but what I put on my story directly after you, which isn't a really spiritual thing, is David McSavage yeah. made a... a, a he, he was using a clip from one of the skits that he did probably years ago on RTE about a racist taxi driver,
1: what? you know?
0: and what Oh, he, yes. And what he had was... Um, an African living in Ireland who's a taxi driver and an Irish guy living in Ireland who's a taxi driver who hates him and wants him to take him away so he's dressed up as president I'm not say which president is and he takes the African taxi driver by the hand and brings him through the memories of the Irish taxi driver and has the African taxi driver in tears and now he understands the pain of the racist taxi driver who wants to take away his taxi Mm place that's what we're missing that's the compassion that's the understanding it's being brave enough to go, OK, why am I so triggered? Yes. What is it in me?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is where the new age gets it right partially. If you're triggered, it's not always about the other person. Mm-hmm. It's about you. You know, it's about your conditioning. It's about what your limiting beliefs are and Also, you know, when we say limiting beliefs, we think as well, I can't do this because everybody told me I couldn't do this. Therefore, it's become solidified in me and it's a rock in my container. Yeah, that's what you take out of your container. Also, your belief that God is bad or God's going to punish you is a solidified belief that comes from somewhere in your life to, to say, okay, well, what do I want to learn how to dismember? And we're sitting here. And you're talking about buying things that you don't need Mm -hmm. and drinking and smoking and trying to run away from your life and how you're not doing it anymore. And here we are in the pandemic forced to stay home. Who did you marry? What's your job? Where are you living and how are you living? And is it mm-hmm. making you happy? You cannot go away for two weeks of the year and s- save up all of your joy for your holiday in the sun and only to know that three days before you come home, you're coming home and that's your whole year spent mm-hmm. because you can't go in the sun anymore. You're forced to look at your life. And I think that's wonderful because those people who will activate and take action and say, I'm not happy being, a, you know, even something as simple as saying, I want to paint my bedroom, mm-hmm. I hate my garden you know, are going, you know, what? I really don't resonate with my job. I need to change career. They're big, scary,
1: risky, Mm -hmm. but this is your one and only life. Why do you think, Abby, that people are so afraid to change or to break out of their comfort that they've created for themselves?
0: Now, oh, there's many, many answers
1: for that. And I
0: was looking up, you know, what's come up for me also is cognitive dissonance, which is when you truly, truly believe something, but then something comes... Up- that's totally the opposite of what you believe and it creates disharmony within you and that creates a crack or a stress or a pressure or triggers you, makes you very angry, can lead to violence. Mm-hmm. We can see on the streets with the protests, particularly in America right now with all of the voting going on and which side are you on and I'm not talking to you anymore because you're on the wrong side and, mm-hmm. you know, God forbid, you're you're belie- you wanting this and, and, and not the same thing as me and people are just in fear all the time I think it's it's just fear just creates more fear just creates more fear it's very difficult to stop
1: Mm -hmm. it's the fear especially since the we've we've been in the pandemic the word fear has been you know thrown about so much from those that are on the side of you know um I'm I'm fearing the worst I'm fearing what is potentially going to happen to me or my family and then there's uh, you know another set of people who are you know the wor- the pan- fear is the pandemic that's the slogan yeah. that that it has created this new wave of tension and anxiety and heightened it's it, it's just but it has and when you exactly. look at the at the language that's being used in the media and you look at
0: what they're choosing to broadcast and you look at how often they're broadcasting and mm-hmm. then how addictive it is that we human beings are wired to be on alert. They're wired to survive. Mm -hmm. And so when we are sold something as being urgent and important and our wiring tells us that it's urgent and important because these authority figures are making it urgent and important, then we have to know what's going on because then we have to assess the situation Mm -hmm. for ourselves personally as individuals. And it's very difficult to unhook yourself from that. But when you can sit down and connect with a tree and watch your flowers growing, And see the love that you have in your house, Mm. you know, or you know. And I'm not assuming that everybody has love in their house. See the lack of love in your house, and go, okay, we have, we can't heal the world, we can't fix everything, and it's about knowing, you know, all the work I've done for myself with dismemberment of love, with dismemberment around the idea of God. I say, well, what do I truly believe in? Mm. And you say, okay, the universe has your back. You say, okay. God is looking after you, and I know for people who haven't done that work, it's very difficult to believe that Mm -hmm. and to have faith. So you need your quiet time from everything, because here's the key piece. Here is the key piece for everybody, whether they believe in God or not. Where did that idea come from? Who are you? Mm. Who are you really? Are you disempowered? Because the quality of any decision that you make at any point in time totally reflects the quality of your energy. And if you are a container with energy that's stagnant and is still carrying the wounding and the pain and the trauma of all of your past, if you have not cleared what's clogging you up, Mm -hmm. the quality of the decisions that you're making are matching that. And you're looking from, let's say, a lower level. To where you could be. It's like if you live in an apartment block, you're living on the ground floor compared to living in the penthouse, Mm -hmm. you know, and you decide, okay, well, where do I want to live? And it's
1: not the house, it's you. Mm, Absolutely. And also as well, you know, um, gut feeling, trusting ourselves, knowing that we have the answers and being confident enough to, I suppose, empower as well. You've used that word as well, to know that we have the ability to be who we want to be live the life that we want to be you know once I'd heard that I I already know all the answers I need and it's just my job to I suppose unlock all the little boxes to get the answers that would that was something that I suppose you'd use the word freed me um Mm. in a way um but what I just point
0: which might be controversial but what I see in people who haven't done their work or even those Mm. who have because it's an ongoing process is that there are aspects of us that act out through us. Mm. So an aspect of us is, let's just say you've heard of inner child work. Yes. But we also have inner teenagers. We have inner 20 year olds and we have inner angry me from last year when this thing happened and I'm just not over it yet. Mm. And if you could imagine an aspect of you outside of you for a moment, Mm. frozen in time, They didn't get what they wanted. They're needing attention. They want to be heard. They want to be seen. And then they step into you and act out through you. Everybody's seen a temper tantrum in a toddler who wants sweets at the supermarket aisle who's not going to get it. Your inner toddler can be acting out through you, Mm. giving a temper tantrum and you're not realizing why. And here's the big thing that that might be the controversy is that if you're treated like a child, you revert back to childlike behavior. Mm. And so when they tell us we all have to do something, we all become our rebellious teenage selves and say, no bloody way, we're not doing that. (laughs) And you miss the point as to why do we have to do it? So the key to grabbing a hold of yourself and becoming responsible in your life and becoming empowered in your life is to separate out all of the aspects of you and get to know you as the responsible adult that you are Mm. with the tribe let's say, of other aspects of you
1: that you as the responsible adult now need to look after? Because what, is, what are the first steps to that? If somebody is listening now and saying, that sounds good and I need to do that, but how do I do it? Okay. What are the steps?
0: Well, I mean, first of all, you need to be very, very brave to be able to recognize it in yourself that sometimes you have childlike thoughts that overtake your adult type mm. thoughts and are the ones that drive you to know and acknowledge that toddlers who have temper tantrums are very strong-willed and that teenagers who are rebellious are very sneaky Mm. and so they want to have their way with you so you have to own all of yourself. And that's that, you know, these things, you can't just do it like that. You have to put the time in. you have to be patient with yourself. But what I find is very successful with clients, which is why psychotherapy is wonderful, is to listen to the language of the thought that you are having repeatedly,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: write it down, become the court reporter because you're you're just typing out what happens in front of you without judgment. And if you didn't get it exactly right, stop and say, hang on a minute. Say that again, because I want every word. I mean, I brought you in my diaries earlier. It's all affirmations. It's all about how words have power. Words have power. And if you see, okay, that's childlike thinking. Mm -hmm. That must be an aspect of me. That's that's still a childlike aspect. So what does that aspect need? To know that mommy and daddy is not coming to save you when Mm. you're in your 40s and 50s or 30s and 20s. To know that the government is not your mommy or your daddy to know you know that they're Mm -hmm. here to to work with you but sometimes it's overwhelming and they treat people like children yeah then they start acting like children say well what am i going to do to take the reins back in my hands take Mm -hmm. my power back and again on soundcloud like i mentioned earlier i have taking power back meditations but you have to be in the right frame of mind for the power Mm -hmm. to want
1: to come back to you yes
0: because there's nothing more dangerous than a very powerful
1: child who doesn't really see what's going on. It's, do you know what? I it, I love hearing that because, um, you know, one thing I've always spoke about on the podcast as well is um, being very much of my own, on my own journey. I'm, I'm doing things a little bit differently to, we'll say, how society has said that I, I should be living at 36. You know, I don't have kids. I'm not married. I don't own my own house. But I'm living a life where... I am fulfilled. I'm doing things that you know are important to me. I feel like I'm, I'm living my life purpose, as it were, in some format. And um, you know, although I I feel brave in that, and I I'm not afraid to to do things a little bit differently. I still have a, a massive. Um, I suppose my parents would have a massive grip on me in terms of I still want to impress them. I still want them to be proud of me. So when I say, but this know, is wonderful, though, because when you go into that mode mm-hmm. of really wanting
0: their approval, really needing, you can realize in that moment that it's your inner child aspect that's wanting that. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm saying is that that's not a bad thing. It yeah. is not a bad thing, that, but you are aware of this now Mm -hmm. so if you imagine yourself as a child excuse me stepping out of your body and you can put your arm around her and she can sit beside you and you go look I approve 100% of Mm. how I live my life and we me and you little you big me Mm. would love if our parents also approved, mm-hmm. we would be so happy, but you know what, they might not. So if you're disappointed because they don't, how can I love you better? How could, What can I do for you so that you don't feel like the whole world is, is a tragedy? Yeah. Because I'm the adult in my life now, and I'm approving of me and what I do. You know, It's a different way of thinking. It really And is. it can take a while to get used to doing that. But then when you're ringing the doorbell about to visit your parents' house, Mm. you take your inner child aspect and you put her beside you and you hold her hand and you say, we're going in here and we're going to do this. They might not like it. But you know what? When we leave, it's still my life and I'm still
1: going to do what I want and we can go for
0: an ice cream,
1: you know? Do you know what? It's So even like seeing you... um, with the hand movements of like, you know, someone next to you there. It's I, I, and even the thought of seeing myself as, you know, maybe like the different stages of my life where maybe I, I have a little bit of trauma that I haven't fully healed yet. And I get that it's in my chest, you know, it's yeah. in my chest. And when I done the Reiki, you know, um, like i done a couple of sessions and always it was in my chest. That's where the fire was. The burning was, well, was in my heart. chest. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like it was it. It's just such a new world, you know. Although it's, it, it, I'm kind of dabbling and I'm doing different things, but it's, it, it, I suppose what I'm getting to is like ten years ago. If you told me that this was how how I would feel, this is how I would view the world, how I would view myself. I I wouldn't have listened, you know. Mm -hmm. So So, so notice that and realize also, which is something I have to do,
0: that there are many people out there who still can't listen who are in that way. But it doesn't mean that they will be like that always. Mm. And it's not that we have to chip away at them or we have to prove anything or we have to justify anything and that they will come around to it eventually if
1: they want to or they won't. That's a very important or a very interesting um, point that you make there, Abby, because that's something that... Um, it comes, it plays on my mind quite a bit. In that, sometimes I get overexcited and I want to get people to see the light, as it were. And you don't, you don't, understand, you know. Look at, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's a debate on something or you know, living life a certain way, and then I have to pull myself back and say, nobody actually forced you to change, and nobody forced you to make these steps to be a better person or to live a better life. Some. I I feel like something pulled me. I, I say now that it's my spirit guides and my my soul that that that, well, that, <laughs> that would pulled be, me
0: <clears throat> would be your soul. But then you know I I had a room full of people and I say look at each other. Yeah. And there's a sixty year old man and there's a five year old boy and mm-hmm. there and what are you looking at your your sorting them out in your head on the basis of their chronological birthday Mm. whereas the five-year-old sitting down there his soul is three thousand million years old and he's had 200 lifetimes and the 64-year-old in the back row this is their first time here explain that when you when you mean well if the soul is immortal and we have many many incarnations you could be on your 50th lifetime and this lifetime you have contracted to waken up Mm. and shift into a higher level of spiritual enlightenment, per se, whereas your parents could be much younger souls than you and not as accepting and not ready yet. And I have a good friend who says it takes 300 years to come through the questing stage of spiritual awakening to step into your ability to not need to go and run out and buy every book and do every workshop and listen to every Mm. podcast and questing It's a questing thing is I need an answer. I don't know what it is. Do you have it? Do you have it? Do you have it? It's like the the, the, the book I read to my kids. Are you my mother? You're looking for mm. someone to give you the answers. But then one day you just say, do you know, I don't need it. It's not in a book anymore. And that could take 300 years. That's so obviously human life does not live that long. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, and, and, and we contract to be in each other's lives. And it's possible that by having parents that... Our younger selves than you are not signing up for a spiritual enlightenment in this lifetime would be the pressure that you need to push you into this. Mm-hmm. So they love you enough. I mean, a wonderful idea is that somebody loves you enough to be your arch enemy in this lifetime, that you will never love them, that you will always be angry at them. But they're the one that's your greatest teacher. Mm, yes. It's a different perspective.
1: Ah. Oh. I love it it's so interesting it's so interesting Uh, we're nearly out of time but we have some questions uh we oh I put up on our social today um that you were coming on and if anyone had any questions so we'll ask them um uh Amy Sheldon has asked what steps do you recommend for somebody looking to become more spiritual this is a new world to me I've never looked at spirituality before they were back opening the door to all the paparazzi again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would say start with sitting in silence, deciding or fixing on a question that you want answered, just one, and write it down. But focus on exactly the words that you're using to make the question as clear as possible to the intention for which you want the answer. Because there are many, many different ways to ask what you think might be the same question, but it turns out to be different questions. Mm. So clarify what is it you want to know? And then... Walk away from it and open your eyes and enjoy your life and taste your coffee and laugh with your friends and really listen to what people are saying. All the while with this question in the background in your essence and then the answers will come and as they come, your question will change to another question. So refine that question and go after that question and then another one, another one and just know that that's the best way of getting the inner knowing from you from inside of you and know that yes you might walk into a bookshop pick up a book and there's a line it opens on a page it's the answer to the question that you asked because you're the one who sets the process in motion Mm -hmm. so
1: very good Um, There is another question um, from Andrea Tolan and she's asked, do you have any advice for me on how to do you have any advice for me on how to get my kids to start meditating? And also, what is your opinion on having more of a spiritual, more spiritual practices in schools? Kids to meditate. That's great. I would just get them away from
0: screens, go Mm. for walks You might think of um, meditating is very different depending on what school of thought, where you are. I made a coloring book Mm. so grownups could meditate just doing colors. You know, you could get them to sit down and do colors, focus on one thing only Mm -hmm. and you would have to do it with them to sit down with them and say, okay, let's play a game. What do you see? I see a table, I see a cup, I see a watch, I see a glass. Meditating is about coming into the present moment. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to send your kids go over there and sit and meditate because that's like a punishment. <laughs> yes. You don't want to punish them with meditation. You want them to get a break from the hamster in the hamster wheel of their brain going. You want them to break out of that, just sit down and you know, get them to, to tell you what they taste when you give them their dinner. Just to slow yes. it down. Say, well, what's all the tastes in your tongue? What are you feeling? What what, what spices do you think I used at the dinner? Mm. Because for me, meditation is a way of living in the present moment. It's not something that you do for 10 minutes yeah. in the morning. So just changing your way of thinking around that would be very useful. That's very interesting. What was the
1: second question? Sorry. Um, and should we, in your opinion, should we see more um, spiritual practices within school? So for kids, um, maybe in reference to kids meditating and kids being more spiritual. I mean,
0: that's a difficult question to answer. I think just having more compassion and love. And I think that's happening anyway. I really, really do. I mm-hmm. see what's going on in, in the schools through my own children. And, and I'm really, really happy with it. So it's just a question of society waking up together. But what you do at home stays with the kids when they're out of your home.
1: Yeah. And that's really important. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Good yeah. message. Okay. Um, last question. Uh, this is from David Smith. And he's asked, who are the people that inspired you growing up? Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't think I actually had
0: many. I mean, that was something that came up quite a lot. Who who would you like to be when you grow up? Who's inspiring you? And I never wanted to be anybody else. You know, my father for me, it was a great inspiration because he would go out there and do all the things and then come mm-hmm. home. My grandmother would have been an amazing inspiration because she would have seen what wasn't in existence and went out and created it. My aunt is a wonderful spokesperson for people who can't speak out for themselves and she's in law and she'd go out and fight the good fight. And for me to, to not get blinkered by celebrities or looking at, you know, mm-hmm. thinking that everybody has a capacity. To do all these things, and you don't have to be, you know, receiving accolades. That doesn't mean you're a good person. It's what Mm. you do at home. It's how you live. It's who you are. And I think for me, my quest has always been to find out, you know, where's my magic?
1: Yes, so good. Maybe on an extension of that question, um, who are some? Because obviously, we have your your new diary that's been launched online next next week. Next week, yeah. It's called One Day at a Time. I. I'm very lucky to have been given <laughs> an exclusive copy here. Um, it's one day at a time, 2021 diary: a year-long journey of personal healing and transformation. Um, so may- maybe on the on the context of the the, the diary being released, wh- who are some authors that you kind of? Oh, if I could wave a magic wand, I would love to be Stephen King. I would just love to be Yeah,
0: I think I could possibly be as prolific as him I'm saying this with my fingers crossed (laughs) I've written all my self-help books I think that I want to write Um, I'm working on one at the moment for emotional eating but it hasn't been coming together yet, I wrote a novel I've written a book of fairy tales and poetry because my belief is truly is it's you know you can't tell people what to do up to Mm -hmm. a certain point you can give them guidance and help but where the real magic comes in is the magic from within yes I mean ending this conversation with magic so to write a novel about awakening and unlocking magic to give poetry and fairy tales about possibilities and things to Mm -hmm. to teach through allegory to get people to start asking those questions Mm -hmm. to start seeing themselves as containers with power and energy and that they carry the weight of the grief and the pain of everything that's happening and maybe they don't have to do that anymore Mm -hmm. and that they don't have to go and analyze and acknowledge and travel back in time and experience all the pain and you don't have to you can see it as an elephant on your chest you can see it as a crashed car in a swimming pool and you can say do you know what I'm not going to carry this anymore Mm -hmm. and visualize it shrinking decide you need help so you see the elves coming out from the forest to break the car up into little pieces and take it away and then suddenly you say, Yeah, that feel better mm. because you're working with energy, you're not working with things. Yeah. And just to allow life to surprise you, then you know, you, you come out of the four walls of being treated like a child and realise no, there's magic in the world and I choose to have a magical
1: life. Yes. <laughs> Perfect word, choose. I choose. I choose. Well, some of your um, titles of your books heal your inner wounds, how to be well, book of healing, affirmations, Um, energy healing for everyone. There's, I think there's more as well. There's just some of the ones that I that are on my to buy list. Well,
0: planting the seeds <laughs> is my newest one, and that's the book of poetry and short stories, fairy tales, and there's a few prayers in there as well, which is um, very helpful.
1: Where can our listeners pick up a copy or where can they find more information? Um,
0: on my websites would be great. Abby Wynn, you can just Google my name. There's no E in Abby, but there is one in Wynn. So it's difficult to say, (laughs) or I've got now, I've got lots of online programs where I do once a month, I do group healing sessions and they're very magical. I can have anywhere between 60 and 400 people at one of those and they're, they're quite low cost as well. So if you want to do experience a healing, you could come and look at Abby's online academy, pick up a replay
1: or maybe, you know, join me for the next one amazing that sounds so good thank you so much for coming in oh it was my pleasure that that was really was so interesting I, I honestly i wish the podcast was four hours long <laughs> <laughs> it's so well, much you, can, you know you can have me back in, in a years. absolutely i would you're love going that going on, yeah. yeah i would love that um yeah just such a such a lovely chat and we speak it's so funny when you when we're talking here when you're speaking of energies i can feel your energy very because when people sit there I always say to Shane, there's different energies that come off different people when they're sat in that chair in front of me. And you know, you, sometimes you get, you can feel their anxiety because you know they're nervous. Sometimes there's an excitement, but very calming, lovely energy here today with you. So, oh, thank you. Thank you for bringing us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Abby Wynn for the first exchange.